Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast. I'm your host, James Woodham. And I am your co-host, Juliet. Juliet has a decade of architectural experience in the US. And James has completed over 250 home renovations in the UK. Together, James and I have over 35 years experience designing and building homes. This podcast was created to give you, the homeowner, the power and the knowledge to get your project done right, on time, and with quality workmanship. We've been going for just over a year now, and we have over 50 episodes for you to listen and absorb all the information from key experts in the industry. That's right. We've spoken to industry leaders, builders, architects, and the best part of what we do is hear from you, the homeowner, what went right and what went wrong. We really hope you like listening to this podcast, and if you do, please leave us a review. Reviews expose us to more listeners, which in turn means we can help more homeowners save money and avoid the chance of things going wrong. With that said, let's get into today's show. Hey guys, this is Juliette, and I am here to talk about something that is um, actually quite near and dear to my heart, and that is Windows. Windows are a huge part of every single project. Um, it's a huge part of the look, and it is also a huge part of the budget. And I get it. Windows are really, really expensive. And every single time I've worked with a client, and there comes a point when they see the numbers for the windows, and it doesn't matter how much of a budget job it is or how much of a luxury job it is, there's almost always a sticker shock moment, um, unless, you know, sort of a seasoned renovator and they've done this several times and they kind of, they kind of know what to expect. But, um, yeah, windows are expensive. And so I, they're really important. And I just wanted to give a quick overview of windows today really quickly. We're going to talk about the different materials and types of windows that there are. And then we're going to talk about, um, some of the numbers that you usually see associated with windows. And then we're going to talk about the different operation types of windows. And then finally, we're going to talk about divided lights and all the different patterns that you can get on your windows. All right. So. It's a lot of material, so I'm going to try and run through it. Um, and if anyone has any questions, let us know on either a review on our website or, you know, give us a direct message on Instagram and we will get back to you and try and answer all of your questions. All right. Let's just dive in. Okay. So first entry level price points, we have vinyl windows. And so vinyl windows account for, I believe, two thirds of the sales of windows here in the United States, at least. Um, so they are the most affordable windows, um, but there are some downsides to them. Uh, the first thing is the way vinyl windows are put together, you know, like from the sides to the bottoms and everything, they are heat welded seams when they, you know, put together the top rail to the, the side rails. And so you can always see that seam um, and send us like heat welded. Welding is basically a process where you have a filler material and then that filler material is melted and it joins the two objects you're trying to join. And so you can always see that sort of um, that line of the filler material and it's sort of melted and oozy a bit for a lack of a better term. And so the, the joints tend to be less clean um, and it's, it's not a very crisp look. Also, vinyl expands and contracts at a much higher rate than glass. And so um, the glass itself kind of has to fight the pressure or the lack of support that vinyl will give will give to the actual window glass because in the summer it'll expand because of the heat and in the winter the uh, 
vinyl will contract due to the cold. Also, vinyl, of all the materials we're going to talk about today, it is the most prone to UV damage. Um, it does tend to fade and yellow over time. Um, often vinyl just comes in sort of very um, neutral colors, which is fine. The colors themselves isn't a problem. But what is uh, challenging about it is that, you know, you, the vinyl windows are vinyl inside and outside. And so whatever color you get is pretty much the color that you're stuck with. You can't paint it. And especially after it fades and you know starts to look a little less new, less crisp, um, you may want to paint them, but if it's vinyl, paint really doesn't take well to vinyl. And so I usually recommend, I mean, I would never recommend painting it. It just, it simply doesn't look good. It, there's, there's not good adhesion. You're not going to get a good finish and it just, it won't look clean or, or well done. Anyway, that being said, windows are windows. Windows are great. You don't want to go without them. And then, um, vinyl is the entry price point, but those are sort of the reasons why vinyl is sort of at the entry level, most affordable level of windows. All right. Moving up a step, what we have is fiberglass windows. So fiberglass has come a long way. I know just the term fiberglass, you know, some clients can get a little, they'll be like, Ooh, I don't want fiberglass. That just, it just doesn't sound high end necessarily, but, um, there are benefits to fiberglass, uh, for one, Fiberglass expands and contracts roughly at, um, roughly at the same rate as glass. And so you won't have the same issue as you do with vinyl where the glass itself is sort of fighting the material that is holding it together. So in that sense, it, there's a lot less wear and tear on the windows because the, the entire frame, the supporting um, structure around the glass is moving at the same rate as the glass. And so that's actually pretty huge. Also, um, the fiberglass is usually finished off with a powder coat, powder coat finish in terms of the color. And so the powder coat finish, um, is usually, it's a factory applied finish. It's very durable. Um, they will, most manufacturers will give you a warranty of however many years, five years, eight years, 10 years, maybe even in terms against fading, um, of the color or chalking, which is sort of another way to talk about the fading of the color, because a lot of times when it does fade, it almost looks like there's a fine level of like chalk dust on it. It just kind of slightly turns a bit whitish. Um, but that is the next level up just from the plain fiberglass windows. Uh, we also have wood windows that are clad with fiberglass, meaning that you get, um, the wood window, a true wood window on your interior, but on the outside to protect, um, the window from the weather, uh, to resist rot, et cetera, corrosion. If you're, you know, near the ocean, you know, the fiberglass is there to protect the wood. And again, you get all the same benefits that the expansion contraction rate is the same. You get, um, a really durable finish. I say powder coat, some manufacturers, they'll say, well, it's not powder coat. It's whatever proprietary name of their finish. Almost always, it's a process similar to powder coat, which is basically a finish that is applied and kind of baked on. So it is really, really durable. And the color, um, again, there's a warranty to how long the color will stay kind of bright and true. All right. So kind of the next level up and usually kind of like the top level of most about, I would say, you know, 99% of projects in the U.S., the top level is the aluminum clad windows. And when I say aluminum clad wood windows, 
Um, I am specifically talking about these are extruded aluminum clad windows, not the roll form. Um, be sure to check that out because there is a huge difference between the two because a roll, f- because wood aluminum clad windows that are roll form, that thickness of the aluminum is basically the thickness of like a soda can or a pop can. It's very thin and literally, like it says, it's roll formed. And so you have the profile of the wood and then it's the aluminum is rolled against that profile of the wood. And so there's, you know, so it sits very close to the wood, but there's tiny gaps. And over time, those gaps too do tend to get a little bit bigger. And then there's hasn't that roll form aluminum hasn't really been designed as its own structural or weatherproof element. And so over time as the, I mean, cause they are two different materials, the aluminum and the wood. And so over time they will, um, move at different rates. And then the dis- distance between the wood and the aluminum will grow greater over time. And that is a place for water to wick in. And then the water will sort of sit in there and sort of saturating the wood or, you know, not basically you never want if whenever you have wood, you need a way to let the water out so it won't stay saturated and it won't be prone to rot. But the roll form aluminum usually is not designed as such. It's usually just designed to protect it from like the pounding weather or corrosion, et cetera. And also since it is, you know, basically the thickness of a pop can or a soda can, uh, when that distance between the wood and aluminum grows greater and that, you know, you know, our houses are quote unquote, they're outside. And so things happen, branches hit it, you know, kids throw stuff and whatever. But anyway, so basically what I'm saying that the dings and the dents that will happen, those show up very quickly on the roll formed aluminum due to the thinness of the material. Extruded aluminum, on the other hand, is basically like it says, it's a profile that has been designed and it's extruded. Um, and that thickness of the extrusion is much more like that of a quarter. And so, I mean, you can't really bend a quarter. It's, so it's much more durable. It's much thicker. These typically have, um, the, so these extruded aluminum wood clad windows typically have the highest warranty levels. Um, they have also really high warranties against fading. They'll have the highest, uh, rated, uh, levels for, against impact. Um, if you live in a hurricane prone area, that becomes important because I know certain codes, you have to meet certain, you have to meet certain impact codes in order to get your windows approved if you live in certain areas. Anyway, so that's sort of the ladder of most windows. Again, starting from the bo- bottom, we have vinyl, then we move up to fiberglass, and then we have wood windows that are clad with fiberglass, and then finally we have aluminum clad wood windows. And sort of the, there is one level above all that, and it's very, um, it's very expensive, but you know, they're beautiful, which is custom steel and bronze windows. And so a lot of times clients will go to these if, you know, there's, they really want that historic look. They want those really, really narrow sight lines, which is basically the, um, the profile of the material since it's steel is extremely strong. And so you could get the frames that hold the glass in place to be really skinny. And so you get the most glass possible for the width of that window opening. 
And also for bronze windows, since it's bronze, it has extremely high resistance against corrosion and weathering. And if they do weather, you know, it just, it patinas and looks beautiful over time. So it's strong, beautiful, and often quote unquote historically correct because that is often, um, a style that, you know, when we didn't have fiberglass, you know, it's new material. You said at one point it didn't exist. And so when you go back to older homes and then especially if you have sort of a converted loft or something, it mimics the look of those old windows. And so for a certain project, it really is the appropriate look. And if it's in your budget, hey, that's awesome. Okay. Next, I really want to kind of quickly go through the some of the numbers that you'll see on windows. Like, Because usually windows, when you go in a store or a showroom, um, they'll have a big sticker on it and you'll see numbers such as the U factor and you'll see a sign telling you basically that it's low E glass. And finally, the last thing that they'll tell you about is the, uh, SHGC, which is the solar heat gain coefficient. First, let's talk about the U factor. So the U factor is the rate at which it conducts heat or it transfers heat. And so you want a low U factor because you want to conduct as little heat as possible because if it's hot outside, it keeps the hot outside. If it's cold outside, it keeps your heat inside. So basically U factor is the inverse of the R factor. And so all of your walls, the insulation in them, the insulation is measured in the R factor, which is the resistance to heat. And so the greater the R, the higher rated insulation that you have. With windows, it's the opposite. You got the U factor and you want the lowest U factor possible, or at least know that a lower U factor means that you have a lower transfer of heat. Um, a lot of windows are the whole double paned energy efficient windows. And then a lot of times, or sometimes, you know, to, uh, increase the insulating properties of the window, we have them filled with argon glass and argon gas, argon gas is a, it's one of the noble gases. It's inert. It's colorless. Um, it doesn't have a smell. It's non-toxic. So don't be afraid of it. <laughs> argon gas is a naturally occurring gas. Granted, it's only about 1% of the natural air that we breathe, but it's, it is non-toxic and it's non-reactive. Um, but anyway, we do, um, or window manufacturers put argon glass between the two panes of glass because it increases the insulation factor because argon glass has a very low conductivity of heat. And so it's, people will tell you, oh, because it's really dense and, it's not because it's dense. It's a, actually a much more complicated scientific reason of the specific heat. And then anyway, I, no one cares. I, <laughs> I shouldn't be talking about this, but I kind of went into a little rabbit hole of trying to figure out exactly why we use argon in our glass. But anyway, it's because it has a low specific heat and it doesn't really conduct heat well. Therefore, good insulator. Um, Krypton is actually another, uh, gas they sort of put in there. And it's usually, I believe it's more expensive, but it does the exact same thing. It just, it's a, again, it's a very low conduct, low conductivity of heat, uh, even lower than argon, I believe. So it's a tiny bit more expensive. If you're planning a renovation or you're moving into your first new home, then the Akiva toolkit could be the solution you need. 
With its easy-to-use package of 10 documents, you are able to manage time, budget, and the communication between your builders and you to ensure the project is complete to satisfaction first time round. The Akiva Toolkit saves you money and time. It's for the first time renovator and the renovator that wants to do things better the second time round. It's a fraction of the cost compared to paying for mistakes or repeating work that's already done. Go to akivatoolkit.com and get your project off to a perfect start today. And the last thing is the solar heat gain coefficient. And so again, you want lower because the lower that coefficient is means that the lower it'll keep the heat that you, that the sun and all the infrared and UV rays coming in, that keeps it, um, the heat outside. Also, last thing, almost forgot. Low E glass. The E stands for emissivity. And so this is actually just talking about, um, the glass itself. Low E is usually a coating that they put on the glass. Um, glass, even though it's clear, it's still mass. It's, you know, it's an object like anything else. And then like all objects, when you put them out in the sun, um, they warm up and then they, all that heat and the energy that they absorb, it radiates out. And so that low E coating reduces the amount of heat that radiates off that object. And so again, it sort of keeps the hot out when you want it out and it keeps the heat in when you want it in. So those are some of the terms that you'll run into when you go to um, buy windows, whether they're new windows, replacement windows, etc. And so I just wanted you to be able to understand all of the terms that you're going to encounter. All right, next, let's talk about the different types of windows in terms of operation. Uh, the first type is a casement window. That one's pretty, pretty easy to understand. Casement windows simply open up. They open up like a standard door. They're hinged on the side and they just swing out or they swing in, depending on what country you live in. Um, next, we have double hung or single hung windows. I think in the U.S., this is probably the most common window type. Uh, it's the type when there's basically a pane of two panes sort of stacked on top of each other. Um, and a double hung is when you can move the bottom pane up to the top and have the bottom half of the window open. And then, and you can also take that top half of the window and push it down. So you have the top half of the window open. Um, there's also single hung, which means that only the bottom half of the window is operable and the top half is fixed in place. Um, it is nice to have double hung instead of just single hung because then you can sort of vent the hot air out the top a bit more efficiently. And so sometimes in the summer, um, kind of blowing air, you want air to sort of circulate all around. It does help with getting fresh air and getting good cross ventilation happening there. Uh, after the double hung and single hung window, we have awning windows. And so if you imagine a square window or, you know, any rectangular window, an awning window has the hinges at the top and then it's sort of the bottom that swings out away from you or towards you, you know, but mostly away. And then the hopper window is sort of the opposite of the awning window. So take any rectangle and put the hinges on the bottom and then that window sort of opens up uh, usually away from you or, you know, again, towards you, depending on which side of the window you're standing on. A hopper is kind of like, um, you know, when you go to the movie theaters and then you kind of like open up that little door to get the popcorn, that's that's a hopper operation right there. And the final window operation is pretty easy to understand, very 
again, just much like a door is a sliding window, you know, where you have two or three panes and then they just sort of stack and slide on tracks. All right. Last little bit about the different kinds of windows that we can get. Not kinds of windows, but these are, these are the different ways in which you get window patterns put onto your windows. Uh, starting this time, it starts to kind of starting instead of starting at the bottom and going up, I'm going to sort of start with the most expensive and then move down. So the most expensive kind of pattern that you're going to get on your windows is called a true divided light. Basically, no one does this anymore. Why? Because it's kind of too expensive. And two, it's just not thermally the way windows are really made anymore. That means that in the grill of lights, you know, say um, your top sash had nine little squares. It was divided up into nine little squares. That means that every single little square is actually its own individual piece of glass. That's old school. They're beautiful. I love them, but no one really makes them anymore these days. All right. So that was the true divided light. The next um, sort of quote unquote top level treatment that you can get is what most window manufacturers call a full divided light. And so a full divided light will have that window grill pattern, both on the inside and the outside. And in between those double panes of glass, there's usually a spacer that matches those grills. And so any angle that you look at the window, it will look like separate panes of glass. That's kind of what that separator is there for. It's a good look. Um, it's pretty convincing. And we do it a lot. And I've, I personally don't have any complaints about this one. All right. After the full divided light, we have a simulated divided light. And so this is when there's just the grill pattern on the inside and the outside. But if you sort of look at the window on an angle, you can see that there's nothing on the inside. And so it's better than other ways of dividing up the lights, but it's the fact that you kind of see two separate pieces you know, two separate grills with that just empty glass in between is, to me, (laughs) it's a little bit unsettling because I'm kind of like, wait, what's going on there? But of course, what's going on is people are trying to have a more traditional look. They're dividing the lights, maybe to match some older, more traditional windows in their home. But anyway, it's not the as good of a look as the uh, full divided light, but it is, um, it's a decent look, the simulated divided light. The next look is called an interior grill or, um, and it's basically all that you got is the, that same grill pattern, but it's only applied to the interior. And actually some window manufacturers make that interior grill removable. And so you can just sort of pop it off and then clean your windows easily and pop it back on. And then, um, the final way of dividing your lights is called, um, it's actually, I kind of looked this up and every single window window manufacturer seemed to call it a slightly different thing, but basically it's a grill pattern that is, that exists only in between those two panes of glass. This is, um, everyone has their own opinion. I'm just going to tell you mine, but this is to me worse than having no grill pattern at all. I think because the color of the glass, that slightly bluey color, you can see from the inside and the outside. And so it doesn't look like a true divided light, whether you're inside or whether you're outside. And it's just sort of this floating 
spacer in between the two, um, in between the two panes of glass. And so if you are thinking about doing this sort of in between the glass grill, I would actually say, why don't you consider not even doing it? Because you're not really fooling anyone and just, I just, I don't know. I personally don't think it's a really nice look. And I think if it's not a great look and you can save money by not having any divisions, just, just enjoy the view. Just enjoy a clear, unobstructed view through your window and don't divide the glass. Um, I think a lot of people with traditional homes, they think it's very important to have the divided light or those, the grills and the glass. And I agree 100%. It is the division pattern in windows is often a huge, huge part of the look. Um, it deserves a lot of careful consideration during the design process. Um, but I do want to say that interestingly enough, historically, it was almost a show of wealth and innovation to have huge panes of unobstructed glass because at one point, you know, all we could manufacture were these tiny small panes of glass, which is why, you know, in some really old historic buildings, we get those beautiful sort of tesserated diamond lights or those, you know, sort of the circles that every single piece is put together. And then it's, it's basically almost like stained glass, you know, but at certain point we, uh, we evolved technologically and we could have these huge plates, you know, this, of plate glass. And it was kind of a show of like, Ooh, look, new glass, huge windows, unobstructed view. And so the huge unobstructed panes of glass, you will find in some surprisingly early, um, estates. And it's not, again, it's not a bad look. And again, the great, the view is great because you don't have anything sort of obstructing that view. All right. So that's sort of all the little technical, uh, that's it for my technical introduction to windows. I hope it helped you a lot. And I hope that it sort of helps you make sense of the different terminology that's going to get thrown at you when you go window shopping. And, um, if you have any questions, just let us know. Uh, I love windows, huge part of the look. I, I urge you to, carefully consider how important the windows are to your design and to allocate a appropriate amount of your budget to them. Because I think it's easier to replace some things, but replacing windows is just, again, one of the most expensive parts of the renovation. And I would just recommend doing it once and doing it right. All right. Thanks guys. Until next time. <laughs>